Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin or even struggle to feel like? Do you have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there is so much more in there. You just have no clue how to get it out. Or maybe you just want to know the Bible better. And so you're looking for any resource to help. Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We are two sisters who love to study the Bible and help others understand it better. When it comes to our own study of scripture, we have found that in bringing back the context of scripture, it adds so much to our understanding. It actually adds color to the black and white pages of the text. Welcome to the book of Exodus. Erica. Yes. Are you ready for episode six? Yes. Of season four. It's been good. It has been. In fact, our Snig reviewed us and said, I encourage you to take a listen. You won't be disappointed. They speak truth and bring the Bible to life. The knowledge I have gained from them is worth the listen. Well, thank you, our Snig. Yes. We have enjoyed doing the podcast and we love sharing what we've learned yes. with people because then we get to wrestle with it. And learn it better ourselves. (laughs) I know. We have been wrestling with it. We have been. It's brought up interesting conversations. Yeah. So with that, we found out last week we need to just jump right in. Right. Chapter 10. Let's (laughs) go. Because we actually want to do three chapters today, Erica. Marathon. Yes. No, not a marathon. What's the other? A fast run? A sprint? A sprint. A sprint. That's what we're doing. A sprint. I don't run either, but a sprint. But chapter 10, we are getting to the end of the 10 plagues. Yeah. We're at the locust right now. Right. It's going to be the locust. I'm just going to give us all a heads up. The plague of darkness leading into the very last plague. Right. The plague of the firstborn. And Passover. Yes. Right. So with that, what we were talking about last week is we don't have to go through every detail. Right, because there's a lot of details. Yes. We would love to, but we can't. But what we did notice in verses 12 through 15... Right. of chapter 10, there seems to be some very definite repetition. Right. And you sit there and go, okay, the Lord tells Moses to do something, and then they very, in a very detailed way, it's described how Moses did exactly what God told him to do. Right. And we wanted to bring up the point of when there's repetition in Scripture, and we're especially going to get to this later on with the tabernacle. Right, yeah. God said, and then they, like, turn around and do it. Word for word. Yes. And so what are some things we can learn, Erica, when we see that repetition? Well, right away, one thing we can look at, Veronica, is is it exact repetition? Or is there any differences? Because if there's a difference, then that difference is probably the reason for the repetition. That should be highlighted. That should be the highlighted. Like, oh, this is phrased or handled differently. And that's the point, for you to see that difference. And then you have to wrestle with, well, why? Mm -hmm. Why is this different? Um, So sometimes they put repetition in to highlight differences. And we'll see that a little bit with the tabernacle. Sometimes they put in um, repetition because that's their literary style. Right. That's the way they did it back then. It was kind of emphasis. Yeah. Underlining, highlighting. Yes. (laughs) Pay attention. This is important. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's because of memory. You know, a lot of this was communicated orally Mm -hmm. and repetition is easier 
to help the brain remember. Mm-hmm. And so some of this was, yeah, I can get this fast faster because I'm repeating what I just said. Mm-hmm. And so there are different reasons for the repetition, but it's never a mistake. Right. It's never just And it's never in meant there. to be glossed over quickly right. then. Right. It's, it's in there for a reason. Yes. Especially when you think, as we get into Moses later on, 40 years of his life went by and right. he's adult. 40 years in Midian. Right. And you get none of those details. Right. Right. It's like, we could have thrown in a couple verses. Right. Now we get like <laughs> specifics yes. on some things for a reason. God does not waste ink. I mm-hmm. love that quote from the rabbis. Mm-hmm. God does not waste ink. And he's made sure we have exactly what we need, what we need yep. and what we don't need. So yep. if something's not there. Right. It's not in there for a reason. It's yes. And I think, too, at least in our culture, we like linear, 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 <laughs> linear time frames and ideas, you right. know. Right. And the Bible was not written with that. Right. Right. So that was just one thing I wanted to highlight from chapter 10. Right. Because that's good. That will apply to the rest of Exodus. Yep. Yeah, we need to keep in that in mind. Yep. But in all of Scripture. Yep. Did you have anything on the plague of locusts? locusts you wanted to? No. Okay. Did you? No, because I really liked what you said about the plague of darkness. Oh. <laughs> and I want to get there. Okay. okay. <laughs> so the ninth plague is the plague of darkness. Right. And I'll point out that it's three days of darkness, mm-hmm. which originally they were asking, can we go three days into the wilderness? Right. So you kind of wonder. I mean, there's a lot to do with three days. Right. True. You can go. True. Jonah was in the whale for three days and three nights. Jesus you know? was in the tomb. Yes. But you do wonder. But you do wonder. Was it to say, hey, Pharaoh, this is how long they would have been gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what, Erica, you get to what you said to me earlier about the darkness. Well, in verse Chapter 10, verse 21, the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward the sky so that the darkness will spread over Egypt, darkness that can be felt. And it says it covered all of Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else or leave his place for three days. I want to know how darkness feels. I've got to think oppressive, weighty, heavy, hot. Gloomy. Gloomy. Yeah. I don't know. Could be wrong. That's my thought. Yeah. It just struck me. Veronica, as I was wrestling with this passage, that the God who is clothed in light, the God who mm. created light, who's filled with light. You know, if you look at scripture, this God is is overwhelming, like light comes from him. So he is also able to reach into his creation and take light away. Which is fascinating. It's an amazing thought. Like we still have light today because he allows us uh-huh. to have light. Mm-hmm. He could reach in and take it away. At any point in time. And I I don't know, just I was talking to some kids about this and going, okay, imagine like you can't see your hand in front of your face. So Mm -hmm. how do you cook? How how do you clean? How How do you you move? How do you move? Like you just sit there and do nothing for Mm -hmm. three days. And, you know, we know the sun rises every day, but did the Egyptians? Right. So what's your It was your based horror? on Pharaoh. So, yeah. that is, so then it's kind of, okay, if it's Pharaoh right. causes the sun to rise and set. What kind of horror do you feel when it doesn't happen? Mm-hmm. Like it didn't come up today. Mm-hmm. And the sun was still there. The moon and the stars still shone. In Goshen. In Goshen. But they couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. What fear would that throw into you? To have that happen, that darkness, that inability to see. Well, I think back to how we talked about last week that... The frogs was their god. 
And right. so the sun was their God. Right. So again, you're seeing your God yeah. defeated. That would be so hard. The sun was a God and Pharaoh yeah. was a God yeah. and Pharaoh caused the sun to rot. And so you go, something big's going on. Right. Something's and you're not just right. stuck in the dark right. for three days to right. think about it. Yeah. Yep. But just that, just that image of Erica, because you're using your hand to show God removing the light. Right. Every time I say Every, it, I yes. pull it with my hand. <laughs> you are, but that just helps that visual of God re- pulling that light away and going. Right. But yet, it's still light in Goshen. You know, which almost you could say, okay, God is almost going, okay, Egypt, you don't want me as God, you don't get my light. Oh, but yeah. I will leave my light with the people who will mm-hmm. listen and follow and obey and claim me as God. Like we don't realize how much mercy there is of God on life in general. The right. fact that you're alive, that your right. heart is beating, that you're taking a breath, that the sun and the moon and the stars are shining, that there's rain, right. that there's wind. Like the moment you say, I don't want you, God. And all he did was remove his light. Right. What if he removed everything else? Right. But yet right. I go to, because we keep coming back to the idea of God is merciful and gracious in right. this. He gave it back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That. He gave that. it back. <laughs> he gave it back. But it's also showing the Egyptians. Right. Because we do know, we'll read in chapter 12, I think, there are some that leave Egypt with them. But not all of them. Right. Which amazes me after all this. Right. But some do. You're right. Some do. But how many people, I mean, even now. It's easier to stay with the lie. Yes, the road is narrow, the road is wide. Right, right. I said that backwards, but. <laughs> the road is narrow, the road is, well, that's all right. I Everybody know. understood. Yes, but yes. I liked that idea. I liked that idea, Erica, that you point out, that God removed the light. Right. It's not just he turned it off. Right. Which is what I think of. <laughs> right. But he sure. removed. Right. <laughs> he removed it, yes. Right. So that sets us up then. For the last plague. Right. Right. And you end chapter 10 with Moses saying, you must allow us to sacrifice, to have sacrifices and burnt offerings to present to the Lord. Our livestock must go with us too. Because you still, we get back to that point. Pharaoh's kind of bartering. Yes. You know? Yes. Well, can I have five? No. Okay. You can have one. Can I have four? No. Right. You can have, you know. <laughs> you don't barter with God. <laughs> God <laughs> gave him nine chances. Right. <laughs> and he didn't get it. But verse 28 says, Moses, or Pharaoh said to Moses, get out of my sight. Make sure you do not appear before me again. The day you see my face, you will die. Which, this is in the pitch black. Yeah. He is saying this. Like, talk about blustering of, I won't see, you won't see my face again. If I were Moses, I'd be like, I can't see your face right now because it's pitch black. But okay. But also, Pharaoh does summon them back. Right. I'm going to jump us ahead in chapter 12. Oops, I turned two pages. Chapter 12, verse... 31, during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. I mean. Just that one statement like up, go. I have nothing left. A broken man. Yes. That is a broken man. I mean, how low Pharaoh had to get. But how high he sat. You know, that's true. The higher they come, the lower, Mm -hmm. the harder they fall. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, he finally has come face to face with the fact that he, there's something, mm-hmm. someone bigger. And mm-hmm. he just, he's a broken man. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But he had a chance. But he had a chance. He mm-hmm. did. He could have. Mm-hmm. So, which gets us then to what happened in between. In between 10 and 11. Yes. In between 10 and 12. 10 and 12. Chapter 11 happened. Yes. Which was the death of the firstborn. Right. Now, to us, which seems pretty harsh, Veronica. Yes. So how would we, how would you answer that? If someone came to you and said, oh, that's so mean, these innocent firstborns. It would feel like innocent those who didn't have a choice right. were killed right. for others. So how would you answer that? Well, I know what answer you want. I'm trying to think right. what I would have said prior to our discussion. Well, that's all right. Give whatever answer you well, want. Well, I think, I think what we have to, first thing I would say is it wasn't everyone. God could have wiped out all the Egyptians. True. So you don't yeah. have God as a vengeful spiteful vindictive vindictive god who i'm just gonna get rid of all of you right that's true you know he still even in that right he left the egyptians right you know he he true he took them down in society and as a nation but he didn't kill all of them but he didn't kill all of them they were still allowed to continue whereas you have other nations that god completely has the israelites wipe out right true and so that would be my first thought is that there is still grace of he didn't kill everyone. He didn't kill everyone. Right. He could have. Right. Because ultimately, in a way, they were all responsible. Again, it's a community-focused. Right. right. It's not an individual society. Right. If one person does it, that reflects the entire society. Right. So as a whole, the nation of Israel. Nation was, of Egypt? Or? Yeah, the nation of Egypt was unkind to the nation of Israel, enslaved right. Israel. And who? how many people took part in throwing the babies in the Nile. It doesn't say It specific. doesn't say. <laughs> right. But they had to know what was happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did anyone beside the midwives object? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like it. But you actually have a better answer. Um, I do? Yes, the firstborn. Oh, right. Thank you. <laughs> I forgot about much. that. Um, yeah. Is God calls Israel his firstborn. Mm-hmm. And I should have looked it up, sorry, where he says that. But God calls Israel his firstborn. And so just as Egypt and Pharaoh are holding on to God's firstborn, God finally says, fine, Mm -hmm. I will take your Mm -hmm. firstborn. It is that eye for eye Mm -hmm. uh, justice. It's a fair. It is a just, Mm -hmm. fair, just uh, exchange. Mm -hmm. You're keeping my firstborn. I will take your firstborn. Mm -hmm. Um. But I think also God has the right to judge sinners. We don't like it. No. But he is a judge. Well, I like it when he does it to other people. Exactly. (laughs) Not to me. Don't like when he does it to me. Right. But God has the right to judge in any way, shape, or form at any time. Mm -hmm. And he often doesn't on this planet in ways we can see like this. Right. Right. So it shocks us. Right. But he is judged and he has the right. Mm -hmm. But with it, I'm going to say because I've taught this Bible study. Jump ahead to Revelation. There's a lot of connections between the book hmm. of Exodus and the book of Revelation. Hmm. So you go, okay, Revelation, he does have the right, and he does judge. Right. When he says he's mm-hmm. done, mm-hmm. oh, watch out. Right. Because he's done. Right. So maybe Revelation will be another time, another decade. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've actually thrown that to her a couple times. <laughs> would be fun. I would like to study it. It, but, it was wow. a fun one. All right, so Erica, we have then um, Moses, not Moses, Pharaoh finally being affected. Right. And I, th- one of the things I kind of wondered with, 
could Pharaoh have had servants? Right. Who kept right. some of the plagues? Right. I thought that was an interesting. A little more comfortable yeah. for him, yeah. you know. Right. Okay, you, you, and you, you keep all the frogs out of my throne room. You know? Right. You right. fan me to keep the gnats and the flies right. and the locusts. Right. You know, and Pharaoh lives in a palace, so fine. The hail comes. Right. How much is that going to affect him? Right. Find the livestock. Fine. He's Pharaoh. He'll take someone else's. Right. Right. You know, I'll sell some slaves and get some from another country. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, right. the darkness would have affected, you know, the darkness. Right. There was no way anyone could have kept Pharaoh. Light. God being removed right. the light. So darkness and losing your firstborn, there was right. no one else who could stand in the way and make it more easier. That's true. Or that's comfortable really on Pharaoh. Point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm so sure. So this hits him. This is starting to hit. And now his firstborn, like this mm-hmm. was the heir mm-hmm. apparent. So this is, you know, your society is built around I'm divine. Mm-hmm. This son, when I confer mm-hmm. kingship on him, will be considered divine. Mm-hmm. We are easy breathing, breathing easy because we have the next generation right. of Pharaoh right here. Right. Right. Which then leads us to right. chapter 12 right. and Passover. Right. Which we actually have a YouTube video right. explaining Passover. I will put that in the show notes so you can watch that if you haven't already watched it. Or we, if you have a chance in the spring. Did we do a podcast on it too, didn't we? A little one? Answering uh, some questions about Passover? We did a podcast. I'll have to go back <laughs> and look. I don't it. remember that. Pod, uh, Passover explained. We answered just a few questions. Okay. All so right, either so one. Go back and watch <laughs> Listen to that one or hit the YouTube video. But also, right. um, if you have a chance in the spring, in your community. Oh, yeah. Participate in a Passover Seder. There are some great resources mm-hmm. out there. If you're interested, let us know. I'll put it on the show notes. We'll put it on the show notes. Never mind. Yes. Or you can still ask. But there are some yes. great resources out there that tell you exactly what to buy, how to do it what to say because um, it will help you walk my point in saying that yeah. it will help you walk through chapter 12 because it brings it to life yes. so you you see it you taste it you smell it you hear it you feel it yes you know, there's nothing like having that burning horseradish in your mouth <laughs> like oh as the eye you know as your eyes are filling with tears you'd be like this represents slavery and sin yes. and oh it hurts mm-hmm. so we're not gonna sit here and break down passover right now nope but what we there are things we want to bring out about Passover first in chapter twelve. Sorry, I just totally interrupted you. You can go for it. I th- one thing I read, which was interesting, they said, "Why did they put Passover at chapter twelve? Like it breaks the story." Oh, up interesting. All of a sudden, and I think a literary thing happening right here is they're 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 increasing the tension. It's like oh. they're taking a pause. So that you get to keep this feeling. They're building the climax. Yeah, it's a little bit of a dramatic literary device. Okay. That that's one reason I think. And a breather. Yeah. Go, okay. Wait a minute. Right. We jump back in. Wrestle through. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there's a literary purpose Mm -hmm. here. But with it, what I find fascinating is Passover is going to be the new start to the year. Yep. That God says, this redemption I'm doing. Yeah is so huge yep. your calendar your yearly calendar is going to change because of it and yep. you're going to start every year right. remembering my redemption yep. my goodness the whole point we've talked about is god god redeems god covenants and god dwells yeah and then through that 
memory and knowing God yes. are huge. Yeah. And it's so important. God says, you're going to remember this. Right. Right. And I'm going to make sure you remember this. Right. Because by having that memory of what happened, you will know who I am. Right. Because when I've said it before, when you see God act in the past and his faithfulness, it gives you peace and hope for the future. Right. It gives right. you peace and hope in the moment as you are facing that impossible yeah. diagnosis. Yeah. Those terrible words you never wanted to hear. Yeah. It helps you go, God, you've got this. Right. Because you've got me because I've seen what you've done and how right. you've provided in the past. Yep. And it's so big. God has crafted such an incredible story with presentation. Yes. That he's like, hey, when you remember it, when you retell it every year, it's going to be fun. Right. Enjoy it. Yes. It's a celebration. And it's not like two minutes of silence. Yes. Veronica, like you said, you know, we like to do, we'll all have a minute of silence. God's like, mm -hmm. oh, no, no. You get to take a week uh -huh. to enjoy this. You have one specific night, but uh -huh. then you get to continue that idea for a week. That celebration. Reveling in what I did. Uh -huh. You know, the book of uh, Song of Solomon talks about the, the lover bounding over uh -huh. the mountains, leaping over the hills. And they love to read Song of Solomon during Passover uh -huh. because they see... God being the lover right. and Israel being the beloved. He is bounding over the mountains, coming to save, to redeem, to rescue. Mm -hmm. And it's a love story to them. And I think that's a great way. It's hard to celebrate. You don't celebrate the destruction. And they talk about this during Passover. You don't celebrate the destruction and, and the, the pain and the death mm -hmm. of what happened. In fact, we were just thinking this up in Deuteronomy 23. Yes. <laughs> they are commanded to not despise or hate the Egyptians. So mm -hmm. Israel is told by God, yes, they enslaved you, but you are not to hate them and revel in what I did to them. That's not Which, the point. Even that thought of you cannot hate the people who enslaved you. Right. You if for, you yeah. were to say that to people today, hey, you know the person who hurt you, tortured you, right. who did horrific Misaligned things. you, just lied about you yes. and slandered your reputation. You cannot hate them. Right. That's you, a big deal. And Egypt enslaved Israel for 400 and plus years. Right. And God's right. like, no, that's you do not... not despise them. Mm -hmm. And so they don't focus on that aspect in the Passover and during that mm -hmm. week. The focus is to be on the lover who set them free, who redeemed them, mm -hmm. not on the people and the heartache. Right, right. And on who God is. Yes. Yeah. It all comes back to... This is my God. Pharaoh didn't know God. <laughs> and now he is meeting him mm -hmm. and he's finding he is a mountain mm -hmm. that you will throw yourself against and you will be battered, bruised, and broken. And that mountain mm -hmm. will still be there. Yes. And I think it's also interesting, Veronica, that Moses and Aaron do nothing for the 10th plague. Yeah, you said that when we were... I got it from Chatting. the commentary, yeah. <laughs> but that's a, I never thought of that. Right. Of this was the only plague. God it does stands alone. By himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, why would that be significant? Help, let's flush that out a little bit. Well, what do you think? I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> I think because it's a long pause that you shouldn't have on a podcast. You shouldn't have, this was not a human plan. Right. This was not Moses and Aaron being spiteful, vindictive, oh, you know, right. getting human feelings involved. Right. right. This was the action of a just, merciful God. That's a good, yeah. 
How's that sound? That sounds good. A just, merciful God. Because so often his actions are keeping both justice and mercy right. in tension. Because justice on the one hand and mercy on mm-hmm. the other. Yeah. It has to come from God. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to come from a man. Right. Because then right. there's emotions and... Right. It could seem vindictive. It could yes. be vindictive. Mm-hmm. But God is not vindictive. Right. But he is he just. He has pure motives. Right. And the right, right. motives. Right. But I like that. I that just struck me, Erica. Of just this was the one, only one where Moses and Aaron, right, did nothing. There was nothing right. to say. There was nothing to do. There was no. Right. They sit back and watch, and they put the blood on the door and sacrifice mm-hmm. the lamb. Mm-hmm. And well, but that also shows they too were not exempt. Right. They had to right. be doing what the other people did. Right. Moses and Aaron, you want to be sla- saved right. out of slavery. Right. You need to obey. Which you brought up a point about that earlier. Right. I said salvation is freely given to everyone. Right. But they had to act. Right. They had to obey. Which really you I sit there and I go, what if an Egyptian had put blood on their door? You've got to think. God just said, I'm giving it to whoever does this. Right. Put the blood on your door so the angel of death will pass over. Were there Egyptians who went, hey, what are y'all doing down there in Goshen tonight? Right. You would think that they would mm-hmm. have checked. Mm-hmm. But if they had no clue it was coming, they would, like, those crazy Israelites, look at what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. putting blood on their door. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. But if they didn't, they would have died. Right. Right. And Israel was not exempt from this right. one either. Right. They had to do something. Mm-hmm. Obedience matters. Yes. Yes. I even think of Noah. He had, God said, I'm going to save you. Right. But you've got to build the ark. Right obedience your mm. actions matter to god very it's much. freely offered right you've done nothing to earn or deserve it right but there's a lot you're called to do mm-hmm. in response to mm-hmm. it how you live matters to yes. your god and so knowing your god matters because yes. that should influence yes. how you live knowing you've been redeemed mm-hmm. knowing you're in covenant with him and that he wants to dwell with you mm-hmm. how do i live mm-hmm. based on those truths mm-hmm. based on knowing my god is a just and merciful mm-hmm. god how should i live how should i treat my neighbor how mm-hmm. should i treat my boss my children knowing god is this way and right. like this how do I live? Right. How do I represent this God? Right. And how do I build my life right. on the truth of this God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with this, by this blood, it set Israel apart. Yes. Those who obeyed God were set apart from the rest yeah. of Egypt. And set apart is what word? Set apart is about kadosh. And it means set apart, consecrated, dedicated, but we often see it translated as holy. Right. And this is one of my big, <laughs> if you sit in Bible study with me, being holy means set apart. Right. So I can be holy today. Right. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Nope, nope, nope. But I've set myself apart from looking like the world and acting like the world. Right. I can look different. Yes. Yes, and Israel had to. If right. they wanted to be saved, they had to look and be different yep. from the rest of the people. But interesting, Erica, we were talking about this too, of they had, the lamb had to die. Yep. And it's not that sacrifices are about death. Right. The blood is what they needed, and life is in the blood. Yes. So it's, it's just the animal had to die because that's the only way to get to the life. I, I've thought about maybe we should do during the tabernacle portion, do just a little explanation of sacrifices, what it meant, why they okay. did it, 
That would be a good... Because we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what right. the sacrifice was about. You're right. It's about the blood. It's about it's the life. Because it's not about death. The sacrifice it's not is about not the about death. dying. Egypt Can you is a religion <laughs> of death. <laughs> Egypt is filled with death. They mm-hmm. worship death. Their priests are well acquainted with death. Mm-hmm. They have a book of death. God is all about life. Mm-hmm. The Torah, the Bible, mm-hmm. his tabernacle, it is all about life. Mm-hmm. And those sacrifices were about life. Mm-hmm. You're right, getting to the blood because the blood, the life is in the blood. Right. And so that's what it's about, showing that life. Mm-hmm. Not the death, but the life. Right, right. We've been called, yes, to die, but to live through yes. that death. Mm-hmm. Like you have been called to eternal life mm-hmm with God, not death with God. But sometimes the only way to get to that life is through death. Mm -hmm. I have to die to myself. I have to die to my flesh that I might live Mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. So got a little passionate. Chapter 12. (laughs) It's always fun to see what's going to come out. But as we wrap up chapter 12 and we're slowly getting to the end, the climax of this redemption, we're at the climax of the redemption story. Yeah, we really are. We really are. But what the point was we want to go back to Pharaoh at the beginning didn't know Joseph. Right. Therefore, he didn't know Joseph's God. Right. God has spent 12 chapters right. introducing himself to Pharaoh. Do you feel like you know your God better? In one sense, we can take the place of Pharaoh in the story and go, okay, mm-hmm. God, I don't know you. Like, I have an idea of you. Mm-hmm. But have we learned mm-hmm. our God better through this portion? Mm-hmm. Well, because God came to Moses and said, you're going to know me in a way. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob never, never. knew me. Yeah. You're going to know my name. Right. And the idea behind a name is not just a label. Right. It's your personality, your character. Right. And with this, it's God's glory and his power. Right. So Moses and the Israelites got to know God in a way nobody had known God since. Right. And I love the thought we made this connection earlier. At Revelation, right. we're going to know God right. in that way. Right. But in the meantime, as we live between the Exodus right. and, Revelation. and Revelation, you can stand strong and confident and firm right. on who you are because you know your God. Right. And that's why it's important to know his word because that's how Mm -hmm. we get to know our God Mm -hmm. is through his word. We get to know God Mm -hmm. like the Israelites did through what he's written. Mm -hmm. That is why this text is so important Mm -hmm. because that's how we get to know our God. Mm -hmm. And that's why we want this podcast so we can wrestle, we can talk with you, we can encourage you because that is the most important thing to us. There's nothing without God. Right. Yep. So, <laughs> woo, I feel like yeah. we need a hearty amen. <laughs> Seriously, can I get an amen out I there? Know. Hopefully you've been like running, energized. Right, because I feel out. like we should go, <laughs> I know. go pump something go out. out in your day, yes. ready to face the world. Right, because you know your God. Yes, yes. And he knows you. Yes, but this is the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. Join us for a discussion. <laughs> let, us, let us know where you were when you heard this on our Facebook group. The and did you shout color. amen at yes. any point in time? Yeah, were you like, yes, preach it. Because I'm getting a little excited over here. Yes. But thanks for joining us, and we'll come back and talk to you next week. Bye-bye.